1 down to verse 17. 2 Peter, chapter number 2, verses 1 through 17. When you get there, you can say amen. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who brought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into the chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly, and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds." Then the Lord knows how to deliver the, uh, the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. And especially those who walk according to the flesh and the lust of uncleanliness and despise authority. They are presumptuous, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries. Whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. But these like natural brute beasts made to be caught and destroyed speak evil of the things they do not understand and will utterly perish in their own corruption and will receive the wages of unrighteousness as those who count it pleasure to carouse in the daytime. They are spots and blemishes, carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetousness, covetous practices and are cursed children. They have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. And he was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Let's pray. 
Daddy, we thank you for the privilege to be in your presence this morning. Father, we want you to move in this place. Father God, we don't want there just to be a change in this house, but that the change in this house will manifest itself in the community, where we work, where we live, who we talk to, who our friends are. Father, we are zealous for truth this morning. Father, and I pray that as I preach the word of God, that I will preach forcefully yet lovingly. I will preach, Father God, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that the hearer may receive edification, wisdom, and inspiration to defend the faith once for all delivered to the saints. We thank you, Father, for what you're going to do this morning. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 You may be seated in his presence. Many of you know that I have been in law enforcement and I'm beginning my 22nd year with Fairfax County Police Department. Through the years, I first investigated child abuse, and I worked that for about four years, one of the most rewarding jobs and one of the most difficult jobs at the same time that I had to investigate children that were abused and taken advantage of. From there, uh, I became a robbery detective where I investigated crimes that's dealing with robbery. So bank robberies was one of the things that uh, I worked quite often being in that particular unit. And one day I was having a discussion with one of the tellers at the bank and uh, we were talking about money and counterfeit money. And one of the things that she indicated to me was, and I thought that one of the ways that they learned how to identify counterfeit money was I thought that they, they learned by, by just simply giving, you know, all the, you know, being handed over all the various counterfeit documents that were out there. And to my surprise, she says, no, that's not how they teach us. I said, well, how do you really learn to keep up with Because it's always, I mean, you know, there's always counterfeit money. There are always thieves. There are always people trying to deceive and steal. So how do you stay on top of it? They said that what they do is they make sure that they are so familiar with the real money that when the fake money comes, they can identify it right away. How many know that as the people of God, and you hear me say this on a, a lot, and some of you probably hear this in your sleep, that if you want to be a person of discernment in the things of God, the best way that you become a discerner of truth is to honor the word of God in your life. That is the only way that we're going to be able to combat all of the deception that is out there today. The word of God. The word of God has taken many hits today. As a young believer, and I, when I first got saved, I never spent a whole lot of time trying to figure out what all the other religions were. How many know there's a lot of them? You can exalt, you can, you can knock yourself out. I've never been one. I mean, I come, I, I'm generally familiar, but I never spent most of my time trying to study other religions. 
I spent the, once I realized that this book was the word of God and that Jesus was Lord and that he's king and that he's my savior, I just, I just gobbled this thing up and I spent all of my time knowing this. And so when the counterfeit comes, when the false prophet comes, I can pick it up right away. Why? Because I know this book. Amen. This book is your access. It's your key. You become familiar with truth. You will know right away when a false prophet comes. I am a person who believes in the prophetic. Let me, let me say that. I believe in the prophetic. I, I believe in the book of Acts. That just as they did it in the book of Acts, I believe God can still, and he still does work that way today in a people that will believe him. Until I see a scripture that says that God don't do that no more, I take it to mean that God can do it all. Amen. And I am one who is passionate. I believe in the prophetic. I believe that we need that in order to advance forward. But, but at the same time, let me say this. And I want you to write it down. Remember it. That any prophet or so-called prophet that ever gives you a so-called prophetic word, and that prophetic word is inconsistent with scripture. Junk the prophetic word. Junk it. Get rid of it. I don't care how nice it sounds. I don't care how it tantalizes your flesh. I don't care if it's what you want to hear. If it does not line up with the word of God, junk it. The best word, one of the things that I've discovered as a believer, and I'm sure you all discovering this as well, if you're walking with God, that the best word is often the word that you don't want to hear. How many of you have found that that's what God does? Because all of us have a desire for something. We, we all have a disposition toward things and things we want. We have certain desires. But what I've discovered in my walking with God, the oftentimes when God has really, really spoke to me, it was something that I did not necessarily want to hear. Didn't want to hear it, but I knew deep down it was the truth. I knew it was the truth. And I've learned to embrace it. This morning, we're going to be talking about exposing false prophets and their teachings. And one of the things you understand about a false prophet is what makes them so good and what makes them have such a following is that here's what they do. They usually give people what they want to hear. Do you hear me? False prophets... They, they key on, they figure out what it is that people want to hear, and that's the word they deliver to the people. Not really what they need. How many know when you got kids and the kid is sick that there's some medicines that they don't want to take? But you say, look, take this because it's what you need. How many know God will give us what we need? And oftentimes, let me tell you something, if you're really, if you're really pressing into God, let me tell you something, you'll be bleeding half the time. Because God's word will cut you. God is consistently doing surgery on your life. Areas you think that you got together, all of a sudden God has, no, God has, and you're, ah, 
He's consistently doing surgery and you're always having to be patched up. Because in order to be made well, you got, to get, you got to get rid of the thing that made you sick in the first place. And last I heard, the reason we came into the kingdom was because we knew we were sick and needed help. I don't know what's good for me. You don't really know what's good for you. God knows what's good for you. And so I want what God wants. Look at the name and say, I want what God wants. Because God knows best. You had that old TV show, Father Knows Best? Not quite. God knows best. He knows what it is that we need. Amen? Now turn with me to, real quick, to Matthew. We're going to come back to 2 Peter. Turn with me to Matthew chapter number 24. I want you to run there real quick. And I need y'all to say amen. See, the homes are not here this morning. Usually I get, they're, they're my amen club. They usually sit in the middle. And they always inspire me. So somebody got to pick up the slack this morning. Y'all got to help me preach. Not that I really need that, but you know, it's good to know that you got some folk that are saying, amen, pastor. The more you say amen, I told you, the better I preach. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. Matthew chapter 24, verse number one. Watch this. Then Jesus went out. Mm -mm -mm. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Surely I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Look at verse number three. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Now, I want you to hear the very first thing that Jesus says. He doesn't even address right away their question directly. He will later in the passage, but the very first thing that Jesus said, I want you to hear this because we are living in a, in, a, in a season of the apostate. We're in an apostate generation. Jesus said, watch this in verse number four. He answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. Isn't it interesting that that's the first thing he says? Which is to imply that there is a lot of deception. There's not a little bit deception. There is a lot of deception to the degree that the people of God are even confused. And why is the deception so strong? Because they come into our midst. They come, as we said last week, they come into our churches. They come behind our pulpit. And it's very difficult to discern oftentimes because, and, and, and the enemy, the devil knows this, the devil loves to manipulate people who don't understand truth. I, I am, can you tell that I'm zealous for truth? Amen. But you should be zealous for truth too. Amen. To the degree that you say, you know what, I'm going to get in this book, I'm going I'm to study this Bible 
Because there are people of God who don't know the difference. There are folks knocking on your door trying to present you lies all the time, and you just can't go on your emotions. You just can't say, well, let me check back with Pastor Bailey and see what he says. You've got to know this word for your what? Help me preach. You've got to know it for yourself. Don't be comfortable saying, I, I don't know the word that well. That should never come out of your mouth. You should never be comfortable with that. Watch what Jesus says. Let's, let's keep reading. He says, for many, and it's almost like he just wrote this yesterday. For many will come in my name. Many, many saying, I am Christ. How do you know there's a lot of those sickos out there who will deceive many? Here's the sad thing. He said, many are saying it, and Jesus said, they will deceive many. He didn't say they might deceive or they'll, de they'll deceive a couple, a few. He said many people are going to be deceived. Remember last week we said that God ain't always in the crowd. God ain't always in the crowd. God is wherever truth is. You want to follow God, follow truth. No matter where it leads you, follow truth. Jesus says many will be deceived. We got to keep going because I got to get to this. Many, many will be deceived. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Now understand something. There's always been wars and rumors of wars. But the closer we get to Christ's return, there's going to be an increase of these things. That's what the context of the verse is speaking about. Because we're talking about Jesus' return. He's setting the stage for when he's going to come back. How many of you want him to come back? How many of you are ready? Amen. I hope you are. Watch. For many will come in my name saying I'm Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear awards and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. How many know the people of God are not to be afraid? I love the Bible because God tells me how the thing is going to unfold. If I didn't have this book, I would be worried. I would be confused. I would be uncertain. But God has told me, don't be troubled when you start to see all these things come to pass. Amen. When you start to see deception and wars and violence and rumors of wars and earthquakes and pestilences, don't get troubled by it. Start to look up because your redemption is drawing near. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to shout amen to that. Verse 7, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse or various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. I said last week that I'm not a doom and gloom preacher, but I may know that God is real. Amen. He said that these are the beginnings. Okay, here's the truth that people don't want to talk about. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. If you read your Bible, you will see that Jesus, and throughout, whether it's Revelation, whether it's the book of Daniel, Matthew, you will see that there's going to be an increase in wickedness before he comes back. It's not going to get any better. It's going to get worse. Because, watch this, our society is climaxing toward Jesus who will ultimately rule the nations. Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords, the King of glory, 
is about to come back. Are you ready? He's about to come back. Watch this. Watch this. I got to keep going. Then they shall deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. (laughs) And you will be hated for all nations for whose sake? My name's sake. Here it is. Say any name. Say Buddha. Say the Christian science God. Say I love trees. I love pets. I love animals. I love Buddha. I love Muhammad. But don't say the name Jesus. People get offended. Have you ever wondered why they get offended at that name? It's a demonic spirit. Because the devils know who he is. They know that he's the king of kings and the Lord. They know that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. They know it. And so the minute that you open up your mouth and say anything about Jesus Christ, people got a problem with it. I saw, I saw one day somebody had a problem with a student. I forget where it was, but he was at his graduation, and he T-bowed. Y'all know what T-bowed is? Y'all seen it? I, you know, that's, that's my rendition of it. He T-bowed. So y'all don't know who it is? Y'all don't know what that is? Go up, look it up online. You see what I'm talking about. It's basically a, a Christian symbol that Tim Tebow, who bows and prays, because he prays a lot while he's playing football. He loves God. And they persecuted this student at his graduation, basically said, well, we're almost not going to give him his diploma because he Tebowed. But you can grow up on stage, you can do all kind of perverse things, make all kind of perverse symbols, and nobody cares. But, but you T-bowed. You. I'm not going to give you a diploma. They're offended at that name. That's why you need this. Every time you talk about God, you need to always include Jesus. Because it distinguishes. Don't be afraid to say that name. And look, and with, at that name, demons tremble. That's what's happening. Every time you say that name, I'm not saying that to be funny, but they get mad. They get troubled because Jesus means something. Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess to me that everybody's going to bow to him, whether you want to or whether you don't. And you're going to acknowledge him as Lord. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your money, your bank account look like. You're going to have to bow. I'm talking to you, sir. I'm talking to you, mister. You're going to have to bow to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Period. He is the Lord of glory. There is no other. He is the greatest. He is the Lord of glory. And all things are subject unto him. Everything and everybody. And I'm not ashamed. Are you ashamed? Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Don't you let the enemy and these false prophets deceive you in minimizing, pushing aside the rock of ages, the lily of the valley, the rose of Sharon. The bright and morning star. Jesus. Don't let it happen. Watch. Verse number 11. And then many will be offended and will betray one another. And will hate one another. Then look at verse, look at the devil's verse 10. But look at verse number 11. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive. It's interesting that Jesus says many, he keeps saying that many false prophets. 
will rise up and deceive many. Look at verse 24, same chapter. For false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. You know how the false prophets are going to deceive people? Watch this. I want you to you, you listen and say amen. amen. I don't know how I'm going to get all of this out. I got so much. I might have to split this up. People love signs, don't they? People run after signs. Oh, I got to get a word from God. Okay. And people always run into the next thing. So they never get settled, ever learning, never coming to a knowledge of the truth. And so they're always looking for a sign. I had a lady one time who came here some, a couple years ago, and, and we first started, and she was like, uh, her whole thing was she, she was going back and forth, and every time I turned around, she was going to a different church. She was going to all these different places because she was looking for a sign. But last I read, the, the last I read, the Bible says the word of God is in you, it's even in your mouth. Let me tell you something. I never, listen, if you don't ever go running looking for signs, you go run look for Jesus and the signs will follow you. Amen. You don't run around trying to look different. Let me see if I can get a word from God. What's wrong with your knees? What's wrong with your mouth? What's wrong with your eyes? You can pray and see God just like I can. Get on your knees, cry out to God, and God will give you a sign. Amen. Because, see, part of what the enemy does is many false prophets, many of them, and they're going to deceive people by signs and wonders, and people are going to say, oh, oh, they just did that miracle. It must be of God. Got to be. But you remember in the Old Testament, when Pharaoh wouldn't let the people of God go, you know all the miracles that Moses did? How I many know? Pharaoh and his witches, they did miracles too. False signs. Every sign ain't from God. How do you test this out? How do you know that what you're hearing is from, how do you really know? Is it by, based on how you feel? Oh, I just think it just feels, is it, because how many know your feelings are all over the place? You can't, you can't, your emotions, your emotions are whack. Your emotions are all jacked up. Don't be trying to rely on your emotions. Let me tell you something. Stick with the word of God, even if it hurts. Because it's good for you. I've never understood. People, and and, and so here's what the devil used. People be running for signs. Oh, I got to get a word from God. I got to get a word from God. Sit down and get a word from God. And let God talk to you. Because the enemy is going to be dangling things. He's always dangling. Because see, he's a destructor of, he's a destructor. See, he destroys lives, he destroys families, he destroys destinies, he destroys career. And Satan very much wanted to get you to veer off the course that God has for you. He's thinking of ways to do that every single day because he knows that God's way is always the best way. Are you hearing me? God's way is always the best way. But I got to keep going. Let's keep going with this. Signs and wonders. Jump with me to 1 Timothy chapter number 4. Oh, gosh, I'm going to have to stop. 1 Timothy chapter number 4. I'm going to run there real quick. Hallelujah. When you get there, you can say amen. amen. Now watch this. Oh, my God. I, I, this, this is amazing. 
This is amazing. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in their latter times. How many of you believe that we're living in latter times? If you don't, you better check yourself. We're living in the last days, people. And we've been basically living in the last days ever since Jesus left. Jesus, his, his time, watch this. God's time frame is totally different than yours. A thousand years to the Lord is like a day, and a day is a thousand years. Because he lives outside of eternity. God is not confounded to time. Hallelujah. He lives outside of that because he created that. That's what it means. He says he's Alpha Omega. The beginning and the end. He sets it all in motion. And he determines the boundaries. How many know he's an awesome God? Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. They will just walk away from it. Let me tell you what's happening today. There's a lot of people departing from the faith. They are departing from the truth of God's word because of the smoothness of false prophets. Watch this. Giving heed to deceiving spirits. But he goes on further to say, and doctrines of demons. How many know Satan got doctrine? And, and are you listening? Say amen. amen. Satan, see, Satan is really crafty. He, he, how many know he's a nasty devil? You can't play with Satan. Don't toy with him. He's nasty. He is nasty. He, he is a, but see, Satan knows. Here's what he does. See, you talk about deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. What is a doctrine of demons? See, the doctrine of demons, you see, the, the, see, see, Satan's doctrine is usually, it's not the doctrine that, that deviates so far from Christianity that, 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 that there's a very, very distinct difference. Usually Satan's doctrine, it infiltrates Christianity. See, most false religions and cults, they, most of them, we learned this last year, they use what? They use the Bible. But what do they do different? They twist it. They take certain portions of it. They twist it. They manipulate the scriptures. Doctrines of demons. Why is that important? Because that's how they deceive you. Because if they look holy, they, 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 they are charismatic. They, they, they know the word, supposedly. How do you know that the devil knows more word than most Christians do? You go back and read Matthew chapter 4. You remember when Satan was tempting Jesus? Boy, he was spitting word at Jesus. He was just spitting the word. But he was perverting it. Take it all the way back. The Garden of Eden. He did it all the way back then. Hey, 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 Eve. Has God really said that? I mean, really? Did God really say don't do that? Cast a shadow of doubt. Twist the scriptures manipulate the word of God. So th there's a spirit today that is saying that we are all one. How many of you know what I'm talking about? All right. I'm going to get somebody offended. Dave, I'm sorry. I, say I apologize to you up front. The other day, I was shocked to the core. How many know Jerry Falwell? Jerry Falwell used to make some people mad. 
people couldn't stand Jerry Falwell. He was not liked. Jerry Falwell kept people upset. He's the one that founded Liberty University. By the way, Liberty University is the biggest Christian university in the country. It's the Christian university that sponsors Christian education. And I was shocked, not once, twice, that they brought in to speak to the young Christians, people who are professed Mormons. Now, I'm going to tell you how these de de deceiving spirits operate. Because you see, nowadays, what they tell you is, is that it is, it is not politically correct for you to say that your religion is false. Yeah. That's the doctrine of demons. See, don't, and, they, and, they, and they're threatening you now. They're like, I, you better not, you better not, you better not say it. That's the spirit of the enemy. You better not say that Mormonism is a cult. Mormonism is a cult. It is not rooted in the truth of God's word, period. And they put a man and they featured him, gave him a platform who's a professed Mormon. I won't say his name. And I was shocked. And, and the idea was, well, you know what? We all have some of the same values. Like, do you really know what you're doing? Do you know the message that you're sending to people? See, that's the deceiving spirit of the enemy. See, the enemy wants to make it all just kind of mesh together. We can, we can do this together. Look, I got no problem doing a good work with you, but let me tell you something. There's a clear distinction in what you believe and what I believe, and we need to make that well known. I think as a Christian education, you don't give a platform to somebody who is a Mormon Amen. to speak to the next generation of believers. But society says today it's okay. Mesh it all in together. Deceiving spirits. Doctrines of demons. How many know what I'm saying today is not politically correct? If the media came in here right now today and they heard me preach this way, they would be trying to have my tail. That's why I'm going to stick it out online because I know I got my posse. I got my posse. My people are going to cover me. Because we're going to stand for truth, baby. We're going to stand for truth. Amen. We got to. We can't allow this. these false prophets who come in teaching doctrines of demons and then saying we are all one. We are not all one. Amen. The devil is alive. No, we're not. Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. There is none other. Amen. Period. And I'm not apologizing for it. Amen. False teachers. Can I, can, I, can, I, can I get five more minutes? Can I get ten more? I'll tell you what, give me ten more minutes. But look, can we, we're going we gonna to bypass communion today and then we'll do it next week. Is that okay? Because I want to get this. Is that okay for everybody? All right. All right. Good. All right. Now go back to 2 Peter. Now you need to go back and read 2 Peter chapter number 2. Because we can't go over all of it. But what are the characteristics of a false prophet? Because I feel like you got to know this. You got to know this. 
Number one, you ready? Right? You got your pen, paper handy? A false prophet. Number one, here's what they do. They secretly bring in destructive heresy. Look at uh, verse number one. But there are false prophets among the people in, in Second Peter, Second Peter chapter 2. Even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresy. We talked about that last week. Secretly. They're secret. They hide. See, the devil don't just come and show his hand. He's too smart for that. The devil don't just walk up and say, hey, guys, I'm the devil. You know that image that you see with the guy with the red pitchfork with the, with the red on the red suit? That ain't the devil. You look like the devil. The devil don't look like that. It's not the devil. He's much more craftier than that. Number two, false prophets, they deny Christ. They did not, look at verse number one, but there will be in, in, that same, in that same chapter, I'm sorry, in that same chapter, 2 Peter chapter uh, 2, verse 1, but there are false teachers among the people, even there will be false teachers among you who will secretly, secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying, denying the Lord who brought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. How do we know false prophets are going to get judged? Swift destruction. See, they deny Christ. They deny him. When they say they deny Christ, look, they deny his deity. They deny his authority. They deny his lordship. They deny who he is. And they want to make him one among many of the fellows. But how many know he's not one among many? He is the one. Amen. He is the one and only. Number two. Number three. Y'all stand with me? Number three. They twist the scriptures. They twist the scriptures. Look at uh, number two. Verse number two in that same chapter. And many will follow their destructive way because of the way of truth will be blasphemed. I mean, these false prophets, these fake teachers, they dishonor the word of God. They blaspheme, which is to insult God. They have, watch this, and we'll talk about this in a second. They have no conscience. and what they, The reason why they can deceive and lie is because they have no conscience. Their conscience has been seared with a hot iron. You know, if your conscience gets seared, it's, the, it's a medical term. It's the idea of being branded. Their conscience has been burnt. They feel nothing. That's how they can deceive you. That's why they can stand up and they can preach to you because they have no fear of God. And say so they manipulate, twist the scriptures, pervert truth, and they do it, and they do it with a straight face because they don't care about nothing but themselves. False prophets. Watch this. What number was that? Number four, they are covetous. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. By covetousness. Covetousness. You ever notice that usually false prophets or false teachers oftentimes usually are greedy in the area of sexual fulfillment and financial uh, issues. They run hand in hand. You ever notice that false prophet? Always something about finances and something about sexual immorality. Their eyes are full of adultery because they got a whole nother agenda. And it don't have nothing to do with God. Watch this. 
They're, 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 they're skilled. See, they're covetous. See, these are those who have chosen the ministry. And I heard one of them, I'll say his name. One time, even ever hear of Robert Tilton? He came out and he had a friend of his on TV. Go look it up. He did an interview some years ago and a friend of his. And this, this guy, Robert Tilton, was in college and he said that he was going to go into ministry so he can make some money. He can see people do all these fake signs and wonders. And he had a huge following. He had houses and millions of dollars. Millions of dollars from the people of God. How is that? How can people of God be deceived like that? So they, 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 they are trained, the scripture says in verse 14, they are trained in covetous practices. So they get into ministry so they can get a large following, so they can increase their income. They want money. They got preachers out there nowadays that just all they, you know, they're the money preacher. Bring in the money preacher. They pray on the weak, number six. No, number five. They are self-willed. We said enough about that. They're all about themselves. They're not about the kingdom of God. They're not about you. I mean, good pastors, they serve. Good leaders, they die for the flock. Amen. They give their life for the flock. Amen. They're not self-willed. It's not about my career. I didn't do this for my career. I didn't do this because I need a position. I didn't do this because I want to be called pastor. I did this because I cared about God's people. And I sensed that God had put a gift in me that will help the people of God. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Amen. I'm not self-willed. I care about the sheep. False prophets don't care about the sheep. They care about themselves. They lavish on themselves. They, number six, they prey on the weak and unstable. Look at verse 14. Having eyes full of adultery and cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. Isn't that interesting? See, false prophets will never go to somebody that's been trained in the word. They'll never go to that person. But they find people who don't know much. They find those folks and those are the people they want to connect with. Let's be buddies. And so you have churches full of people who don't even know the difference between Genesis and Revelation. They don't even know how to find Genesis. I'm not saying it to be funny, but that's what they latch on to. I don't, I don't, I'm not making fun. I'm just saying what they do because they rely on the fact that the people of God are not learned enough. They rely on that. They rely on that. We're almost done. Number seven, they're immoral. We talked about that. Number eight, they despise authority. They're bold. They're arrogant. They resist the lordship of Christ. They deny the authority of scripture. They become their own authority. There are some churches that the pastor or the man of God gets more honor than the word of God. How do you know what I'm talking about? There's some, I would say it again, there are some churches where the man of God gets more honor than the word of God. Ain't going to happen in this church. Don't give me that. I will knock you out <laughs> in love. I'll just, I don't need that. I just want to see you press into God and be everything he wants you to be. I want you to go for Jesus. I want you to go big. That's all I want. And I'm happy. Number nine, lastly, they are presumptuous. I mean, there's a difference between faith and presumption. I said there's a difference between faith and presumption. 
There's a lot of people, Christians, who get in trouble because they're presumptuous. God says that he will make a way. That's faith. I believe that God's going to make a way. But, you know, a lot of times God won't really tell you how he's going to do it. I had, there one time people walking in the car lots. I believe this is my car. I'm confessing, naming and claiming it. This is my car in Jesus' name. This is my car. And then when they don't get that car, then they go to another car. This is my car in Jesus' name. They don't get that one, then they go to another one. Like, like have you figured it out yet? The just should live by faith. I just, I'm just going to trust God to provide me. I don't know how he's going to do it. You know, most of the time, we don't know that much. God don't share that much with us. Because we get in trouble. Too much information for us ain't good. How I many know God will God keep you from certain stuff because he knows what he's doing because you will get in the way? So, name them. Number one, what the characteristics of a false prophet? Go, number one. Number two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Seven. Eight. Nine. We're done. Head bow, eyes closed. Father, we thank you for your word today. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we're zealous for truth because you said that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And Lord, we're your representatives. Father God, we thank you, Father God, that false prophets and those who own purpose deceive the body of Christ. Those who are on purpose, God, are full of themselves. God, we pray that every false prophet in our midst will be exposed for exploiting the people of God, manipulating the people of God. Father, we're saying today that we're not going to stand for it. Father, I pray today that you would give us a hunger, Father, to seek truth as a people and that we would never, ever compromise or apologize for it. If you're listening this morning, here's the reality. Here, here is the reality. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. If you cannot say today, Pastor Gary, I know that if he came today, and the reality of it is he could come at any moment. He said no man knows the day or the hour. Nobody knows. I don't care who tried to tell you they could get got the date figured out. Nobody knows. He could come at any moment. The question is, when he comes, can you say, Pastor, I know that I'm going to be in heaven with him. If you cannot say that right now, you need to slip your hand up and I need to pray with you. I don't want you to die and go to hell. Hell is real. There is no turning back from hell. There, this is real. There is no turning back. Hell is for eternity. It's for the devil and his angels. It's everlasting pain and destruction. You go from one hell on earth to a different level of hell like you've never seen before. If you say to me, Pastor, if you can't say, I know that I'm right with God today. If you're not right with God today, I plead with you, raise your hand. You can know the day and you can have salvation today. Please don't leave this place. Don't leave this place without knowing Jesus as your Savior. Is there one? Who say, Pastor, I, I don't think I'm not right with God. I want to get right today. I need to get saved. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, please don't resist him. Don't resist him. Is there one? Is there one? He loves you. He died for you. He paid the penalty. He paid the price so that you wouldn't have to worry about it. Is there one who would say, I'm not right. I'm not right. I want to get saved today. I want to know that I have eternal life. Slip your hand up. I want to pray with you. Slip your hand up. Is there one? Is there one? Thank you, Jesus. Father, to your people, Lord, to your people, I pray you would speak to all of us. 
Father, that and we, we ask you, Lord, to forgive us, Father, for just being cavalier sometimes. Forgive me, Lord, for being cavalier at times with my own study, with my, with, with, Lord, just seeking you with a greater degree of passion like I should, Father. Forgive all of us, Lord, for putting other things ahead of you. Forgive us, Lord, and give us the desire to learn and to grow and to become what we need to become. Father, the days are very, very evil. Will you please help us? Please help us. Please help us to be everything you want us to be. Give us the backbone, the mental fortitude, and the spiritual wisdom to stand for truth. To stand for truth. To stand for truth. And not only to stand for it, but to know what it is. And Lord, we give you the praise for it. And all God's people said amen. If anybody desires special prayer,